Welcome to Fine Art Fiona, a podcast which shares my conversations with the many artists, curators and collectors I meet on my art travels who, like me, share a passion for art. My name is Fiona McIntosh. Today's conversation is with Pamela Pauline, a Sydney-based photographer whose work deftly combines her two passions, the technological wonders of the photographic medium and the magnificence of the natural world. Our conversation takes place across Camaragal lands, and I'd like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of these lands and pay my respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Pamela's most recent work focuses on the disturbing reality of endangered native flora and fauna across Australia. Underlying the great beauty of these images is the crisis of loss of biodiversity. It is a potent way to deliver an important message, precisely what art can do. Hi, Pamela Pauline. Welcome to Fine Art Fiona. Thanks so much for joining me. Thanks for having me, Fiona. I want to talk about your career as a photographer, a fine art photographer. Many artists dabble in different media, but you have remained true to photography and the camera. Where did your love of photography come from? Oh, gosh. You know, I guess my love of photography really started uh, when I was a teenager. But back then it was just really you know, quite selfish like we, we are back then, um, documenting my life and my friends and everything that we were doing, my travels and that sort of thing. Um, so it took, you know, it's been an evolution of a lifetime to get to where I am now. But I did always tend to have a camera sort of by my side. Um, I, l- I love taking photographs. I love, mm-hmm. I love, um, it's, I mean, today I love it because it's such a diverse art form, Yeah. you know, from, Previously, I would I would capture moments and people and that sort of thing, um, or then I began sort of capturing many moments in one frame. So in one, mm-hmm. doing a lot of long exposure and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And over time, I've started to create um, artworks out of many many moments that I have captured. So mm-hmm. creating composite photography, which is really um, my passion at this stage. Mm-hmm. But you would have started in the analog age of photography and film and processing. Um, there must have been some sort of curiosity or or um, some sort of commitment to keep going to embrace a wholly digital st- a style of photography. Is that is that a is that a different way of working? Oh, I think it's completely different. Um, I mean, the love of photography was always there. And when I was younger, I did do courses in the darkroom developing and that sort of thing. I was never wholly comfortable with uh, the darkroom process and the chemicals. So it's quite interesting. When I was at university, I studied computer science. That was my first degree. Um, So when the digital era sort of crept up on us, for me, it was a very natural sort of organic transition from film to digital technology. Um, and I've just really embraced that. It's it's an, it's allowed me to create the artworks that I am, am creating now. I could not really have done that um, in the darkroom, really, mm-hmm. not not with so many layers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, I think it is interesting how the technology and the advancements in technology has actually informed your practice and mm-hmm. your approach. Yeah, it, it really has. It has. You talked about the the way you began. You taking photographs of moments and of people and documenting those sorts of things. But the work that I know of yours these days is really actually, it's not about people. It's really about um, people's impact on the world and there is an implied suggestion 
with people, but really it's about nature and it's about the environment. How are you inspired by nature? Oh, you know, I think I have, well, I know I've always been inspired by nature. I grew up in a family that was surrounded by nature. I grew up in the in Wyoming in the United States. Um, mm-hmm. And we did a lot of camping, a lot of fishing. You know, my family are mountain climbers and it was just a natural thing to be out in nature. So that has always been part of my life. And I documented that as well. But in the mm-hmm. earlier phases, I think it was all about, you know, it was about friendships and that sort of thing. But I have always loved documenting nature. Um, and that really comes through now in my work because I'm so passionate about it. And the biodiversity crisis that we're, we're all facing has really come through in that documentation. I guess I lived in developing countries for 10 years and spent a lot of time documenting absolutely everything I could. Um, I do have a passion for uh, endangered species. So I'm, I'm quite passionate about Africa as well and the African animals that are that are endangered. So yeah, I mean, I've always had that camera and it wasn't until um, I think 2003 when I set, actually set up a little business uh, a photography business because I had become more and more passionate. I, I was ready to take that shift from working more in a corporate environment to um, launching myself as, as a photographer. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, yeah, I mean, I guess it's just, it's been a part of my life uh, as long as I can remember. Mm-hmm. I moved to Australia 25 years ago with my Australian husband um, and I was immediately taken by the incredible uh, diverse flora and fauna that Australia has. So I felt, in love with it as soon as I arrived. Um, and, you know, over time, that was 25 years ago, I've, I've become more aware and uh, have learned a lot about the crisis that we're facing here. I mean, not that it's just Australia, it's everywhere, but because I live here, this is what I have been focused on. So um, that's really, I guess, you know, in my, in my recent body of work, um, they really came about through reading a lot in various um magazines and articles about the environment. And um, I sort of thought, I really want to draw attention to the crisis that we're facing. And my best way of doing that is by presenting it through my artwork. Um, So, okay, let's talk about the two series, your most recent series, um, On the Brink and Fragile Beauty, Rich and Rare. So they obviously came about through um, an abiding interest in in the, the crisis of biodiversity and the loss of biodiversity. But how did you actually begin? Should we, do you want to describe in a nutshell really um, what each of the series is? Because they are specific to Australian loss of biodiversity. Yes, this, um, both of these series are created entirely um, from photographs that I have taken in the past couple of years Uh, of threatened species. So I really started um, photographing plants because what what a lot of us don't understand is that, you know, 75% of our endangered species are actually plants. And without plants, we have nothing. Mm -hmm. So I started by um, doing what I had to to contact the right people to get behind the scenes at the uh, plant bank in, yeah. So, So you start with research, you start with understanding, you know, what it is that you want to photograph and how you can access um, yeah. images. Yeah, absolutely start with research. And, you know, the, the concept sort of evolves over time, at least sure. it does for me. I didn't know exactly yeah. what I was going to create, but I knew that I really wanted to draw attention to these species because most of us are completely unaware. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so through through the research, I was able to develop some contacts and then I was able to get behind the scenes to photograph some of 
these um, endangered species. And what is behind the scenes? Where is behind the scenes? Oh, well, behind the scenes, I mean, I really started at uh, Mount Annan, at the plant bank there, here in Sydney, um, because it's the biggest plant bank in Australia. And I worked with a horticulturist who sort of um, taught me so much. I mean, that this has been, you know, the beauty of this type of work is I've learned so much. So collaborating with other people has enabled me to, um, I mean, just become so much more knowledgeable and and also realize how much more I have to learn. but so I was working with a horticulturist um, there who was pointing things out to me and then letting me sort of photograph them the way that I wanted. Um, but then the the vastness of this plant bank and the fact that a lot of the species that were there were actually Western Australian, because that's where the, the hot spot really is, um, made me realize, OK, I'd like to go to Western Australia as well. So that's where I sort of started to um, seek out places within Australia where I could make the contacts, go photograph the species, and then at the same time add um, some of the, the the birds that are also endangered to mm-hmm. my artworks. So so this is where it started. So I did have the opportunity to travel throughout Australia just before the pandemic hit um, mm-hmm. and captured, you know, literally 25,000 photographs of, of all these different threatened species, threatened for a variety of reasons, but all threatened. Um, and then I started to focus on, well, what am I going to do with all this what am I going to create? So I just started thinking about it. And I, this is where On the Brink came from. It was just putting together all of these threatened species in a beautiful way so that they were appealing to look at. Because I'm, mm-hmm. um, I'm, you know, I'm an emotional person. And when I see uh, threatened species that are in distress, like koalas that are burning, that sort of thing, it, 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 I find it's just so deflating and so upsetting that I wanted to create artworks around these same threatened species, but that were actually easy on the eye and made people actually reflect. But that, so as I got into On the Brink, I thought, you know, I have the opportunity with this to actually delve much deeper. Mm-hmm. And that's when I thought, you know, what sort of artwork um, will have that sort of impact? And that's when I thought, okay, still life artworks. You know, so paying homage to the 17th century still life with all the allegory and the symbolism, I thought mm-hmm. um, that would be a perfect sort of way to create my next body of work. So I sort mm-hmm. of, I was working on the two at the same time, but then began to focus on on the fragile beauty, which are all still life artworks. And I, I decided, okay, well, this is a nationwide crisis. Why don't I create a couple of artworks that are sort of representative of Australia, but then do artworks that are also representative of each individual state and territory? So, so for fragile beauty, rich and rare, each each um, final image a composite image of many images of plants and birds is styled, if you like, um, along the lines of those extraordinary rich, sumptuous 17th century Dutch still lives with all their symbolisms and metaphors about mortality, really. Exactly. Yeah, so, I mean, it was it was about creating, you know, producing a record of mm-hmm. today. So all of the all of the species are actually... They're still all alive. Everything that, that I photographed is still in the ground. Nothing was cut for this. Nothing has died. So they're not real uh, still life where things are actually dead. They're, mm-hmm. these, these are living still lives. Still living. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And also I wanted to create work that sort of expressed emotion and revealed truths that are either seen or unseen. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Like in traditional, you know, more traditional artworks. And finally, you know, work that moved people to see the world a little bit differently and sort of maybe think about what they were looking at. So, you know, from when you first look at them, they just look like 
beautiful bouquets of flowers. But when they realize that every single one of these flowers or, or plants or leaves is actually threatened with extinction, um, you know, it, it creates a message mm-hmm. around what we're, we're, at, we're at risk mm-hmm. of losing. Yeah. And each, each work is, is uh, indicative of a specific state in Australia, which, yeah. which sort of helps people, um, I imagine, it, it, it sort of contains the, the vastness of the crisis and it enables people to begin to understand, you know, a local perspective um, and digest that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think people appreciated, um, have appreciated being able to see that if they were from like New South Wales, I focused on the the Regent honey eater that is so Mm -hmm. critically endangered. And people were able to, you know, I had people come, you know, in my most recent exhibition, people would say, oh my gosh, I remember seeing these when I was young. Um, So it just drew awareness to something that they were really familiar with. Yes. Um, Yeah. And and I guess guess we're all familiar with the disasters of biodiversity post the bushfires of um, recent summers and the horrifying figures of the loss of plant life and and devastation to the koala population, for instance. But as you say, we're not necessarily across what's happening in you know more broadly to bird species and other plant species. So so how did you begin to focus? You went from plants, but you've also included birds. How did you also begin to just, I guess, edit out you know, some of the other species. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting. I didn't really edit them out. I decided in this body of work that I was going to focus on on the flora and the birds because they, they, they went very well visually together. Yeah. Um, but I've The actually, artist's prerogative. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It was what I felt like doing. Um, but I'm completely aware that there's so many mammals. I mean, we've got the biggest mammal extinction rate in the world. Um, so I'm super excited about my next body of work that will also include some mammals and reptiles and amphibians. Um, I'll be working with a, uh, a couple of private zoos um, photographing their endangered species mm-hmm. and creating artworks around that. So it just felt like a big kangaroo didn't sit so well within um, a flower arrangement. But sure. yeah. <laughs> you never know. Wait, <laughs> watch this space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I imagine all these, the, the horticulturalists and the wildlife carers must have been thrilled to have someone come in and and start looking and thinking and presenting really what their life's work is in a completely different way to draw attention to what it is that they, they're passionate about. Oh, yes. And, you know, the, the respect is so mutual because I, I have so much respect for the people who give their lives to saving our species and so i think they appreciate the artwork that i'm creating i think they found it a little bit odd because you know some of the plants wouldn't necessarily have ever been found with those those sure. birds um but they also loved it that's been the reaction and, and i think they they appreciated an artist who would come in and and enjoy seeing these beautiful species as much as they do you know so yeah. it's it's been a, it's been a nice thing you talked about the plants being um alive and growing and photographing them um which I imagine at times would have been difficult, but some of them would have been, I don't know, very oh. small in the ground. And then oh, the birds, yeah. were they alive? Yeah. Oh, everything, well? every, everything is alive, yes. Yeah, so everything I photographed was alive. Yeah, that was my biggest challenge um, probably in the whole project was because the, the plants were all in the ground, you know, I had to deal with whatever, uh, you know, whatever was given to me on the day in terms of lights mm-hmm. and wind and rain and that sort of thing because I couldn't be there at all times. Um, 
So that was a challenge. It wasn't like photographing in the studio, which I also enjoy, but it's just a lot more controlled and easier to manage. Um, in terms of birds, yes. So I dealt with carers that really know how to handle handle the birds, and that was um, that was wonderful too. So that's part of the joy of this this whole body of work is that I look at every single um, plant or bird and have a memory that goes along with that of spending time in that spot with these beautiful species. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I am always amazed at the, the extent to which artists research their work in order to really hone that conceptual framework and then overlay it with, you know, the visual sensibilities and the symbolic symbolism that gives it sort of a, a lasting richness. But then there's another step um, which you have become extremely adept at, which I think people will find intriguing because it isn't just a matter of taking a photograph. You actually go back to the studio and digitally play, that becomes your playground, to actually craft the work itself, craft the composition and create the final piece. Do you want to, without giving all your secrets away, do you want to just share a little bit about what that process is as well? Because, I mean, that that to me is, it shows extraordinary dedication and commitment because it sounds like it's incredibly time-consuming. Oh, it's, it's absolutely so time-consuming, but I, I do love the process. I find it quite meditative. So what I'll do is I'll have... Um, a whole heap of photographs that I've, you know, taken. I bring them into the computer. Um, I use I use Lightroom and I use Photoshop to do my editing. And mm-hmm. then I will carefully go through them, select the ones that I think would look good in whatever composition I'm trying to create. And then I very slowly uh, mask out everything else that is in the photograph. So when you take mm-hmm. a photograph of of plants in the wild, there's everything in the background. There, you know, there, mm-hmm. there's there's always things that you need to take out. So while they look they might look a little bit busy, some of these artworks. They're actually, um, I have I have ridded myself of anything I didn't want to be seen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's a, that is a slow process. And then I start to place the work. And then, of course, for every um, everything that I place, there has to be a shadow that goes along with it that would, I would have mm-hmm. taken out in my editing process. So I have to create that. Um, and then, yeah, then play around until I'm happy. And I think that's, that's that's the beauty of this sort of artwork. It's also the danger is that, um, you know, we're always trying to, it, 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 you want it to be almost perfect in your eye, which is not uh, realistic, but it, it, you can spend a lot of time trying to create what you think is almost perfect, mm-hmm. um, which is, there's not a lot of serendipity in the artworks that I created for this body of work. It's all mm-hmm. very, um, you know, there's a reason that it's there. It's it's all in focus. I mean, a lot a lot of the um, things that I would photograph, I would have to like some of the birds. I'd have to take several photographs of that particular bird if it was moving or that sort of thing, and and composite them so that it looked the way I wanted it to look for this piece. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So sort of painting digitally, it, but it's yeah. interesting because the final results in each of the works. I mean, there's a lovely sort of softness and ethereal feel to on the brink in those sort of semi-surreal landscapes. But Fragile Beauty, Rich and Rare, there is a lovely dynamism to them. You, the characters of the birds come through, the the differentials in the in the style of the flowers. There is a there is a depth and there is a um, I guess a liveliness yeah. to the works. Yeah. 
Well, thank you. <laughs> um, there, I wanted there to be a story within each of them. So yeah. often you'll see the birds are sort of looking at each other or, um, you know, within each of these artworks, I've also placed um, an hourglass uh, yes. you know, with, with a little bit of sand in it. So it shows yeah. that the time is sort of running out. I've, I've included books that are relevant to each of the state and territories or, mm -hmm. or to um, the more general Australian situation. And so there, there. When you, there's a lot to look at when you're when you're viewing these, um, mm -hmm. and and you'll pick things out that you may not have seen on your first glance. So mm -hmm. yeah, it, it is a story that I'm trying to create in these artworks. It's not just a bunch of pretty flowers in a vase. Mm -hmm. um, and the the work was exhibited at the Royal Botanic Gardens uh, earlier in 2021. Yeah, it was the month of April. Yeah. yeah. And what sort of response did you get? Did people pick up on the messaging? Were people curious to look deeper and deeper? Oh, well, I think it was the perfect place to display this work because so many people who come through the Botanic Gardens obviously are, mm. they, they love nature, they, they love flowers. That um, So, yes, the response was really positive. And um, I, I was, you know, I was moved every single day by the reality. I was there for three weeks every day. That was the beauty of being um in the exhibition the entire time mm -hmm. as I was able to have these conversations with mm -hmm. with the viewers. And I think it, it genuinely moved people to mm -hmm. um, either do more of what they're already doing because so many of them, it was like preaching to the converted. But um, mm -hmm. there were a lot of people came and thought, I had no idea, you know, Sydney's so beautiful, the gardens are so beautiful. Um, can this really be true that a lot of this is, is threatened? Um, so it was, it was a wonderful response. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. It, you know, it is interesting how images such as these sumptuous still lives you know, it's the beauty that seduces you. People are drawn in to the, the luxuriousness of the actual image. But then the actual underlying concept and the messaging, which is so powerful and it is, um, I mean, it's quite frightening really, but it, it was a very um, potent way in which to deliver that message. Yeah, I think it, it really worked for this this body of work. I just felt mm -hmm. um, still lives were, were the perfect um, way to convey this message. And I did want them to be beautiful. I, I do, I respond to beauty and I think a lot of people do. Mm -hmm. um, but I also like to be able to think about the underlying message. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, it was it was worth the, the two years that I put into it. Mm -hmm. um, absolutely. And, uh, and how did your collaborators, the people who who assisted you and who introduced you to these various uh, flora and fauna species, how did they respond? Oh, well, I had one um, the, on the opening evening, which was which was opened by Zali Stegel. I had one of the, the girls, the, the main person that I worked with at the plant bank came along and she was in tears. She said, you know, it was it was so much fun for her to see these species mm -hmm. that she has personally cared for. Mm -hmm. um, so I think the response has been, it's been really positive. It's mm -hmm. been, um, I think, these people who work so hard um, are, uh, they're not appreciated enough. So I think they felt by working with an artist that their work was also being appreciated. Mm -hmm. um, that's the whole beauty of the collaboration like that. Mm. Yeah. And I guess actually in a way it's also about getting out to an interested audience or even an ignorant audience, an ignorant public, about the importance of what it is they do and often a press release that would get lost you know, in the daily paper. So it's finding different avenues of communication. That's right. For and people that's... to, yeah. Yeah. Which is actually 
you know, a wonderful thing about what art can actually do, you know. It can deliver a message in a way that really strikes a chord with people and really connects with them on a deeper level. Oh, so much so, yeah. Um, and that's, that's, I mean, that's what, I mean, art can integrate so well with science um, and that's what I'm trying to do here, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and I need to do that through collaboration with other people because I'm mm-hmm. not a scientist, I'm not a horticulturist, so I need to be able to work with other people of knowledge mm-hmm. to be able to create these works, mm-hmm. yeah. So uh, um, the two series, On the Brink and Fragile Beauty, Rich and Rare, were at the Royal Botanic Gardens in Sydney for three weeks. Are they? Can it be exhibited elsewhere? Will it? Is there a, a continuing exhibiting life for it? Um, well, there there is at this stage. I'll be exhibiting uh, this same body of work again at uh, well, actually, just fragile beauty, rich and rare, at the Monswell Wicks Gallery in Paddington. Oh during, yes, yes, yeah, yeah. During the month of November, as part of um, it was selected by uh, the Head On. Photographic Festival is one of their exhibitions. So it will be exhibited for the entire month of November in Paddington. Fantastic. Yeah. And with a yeah. bit of luck, we'll be out and about by then, even well, that, in yeah. some restricted way. That's the, that's the question, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you, so you have worked in a way to promote yourself as an artist and to put yourself out there publicly as an artist. You've represented yourself over the last few years. Yeah. And how hard is that? You know, it it is it is hard. I think to be an artist, there's no uh, there's no question about that. Particularly if you um, if your art is not necessarily uh, that well understood, mm-hmm. it's you know it's interesting. I had <laughs> I actually had a conversation the other day. Um, I was interviewed for a magazine that'll be coming out shortly, and and the interviewer said, "So, but are you are you a photographer or are you an artist?" Because the the editor wants to say that you're um, you're a photographer and an artist and I want to say you're a photographic artist and I said well I am both but he said but you're not really an artist you don't paint mm. and I thought it's interesting um trying to to get around that some people still don't you know there most people do but there are people who still don't value it as an art form mm. um so that that can be a little bit challenging but I think you know once you start to develop a bit of an audience um that appreciates your work, it becomes, it becomes easier, but it is, it's, it's, it's full-time work mm. trying to, trying to get out there and, and make the right connections. Mm. I mean, fortunately from, from this last exhibition, I did meet some really interesting people who are, are wanting to work with me on projects, not so much on representing my work um, because mm-hmm. I'm sort of doing that myself, but on, on interesting projects. Can you share any of the, of the ideas or any of the projects or is it still very much in incubation stage well it's, it's in the incubation stage and it's sort of been put on hold a little bit because it, it requires travel to both uh, victoria and queensland there's there's a couple of there there's private zoos um there that want to mm-hmm. work with me so it's sort of been um, put on hold for a little while we just don't know um how soon you know we can really mm-hmm. get started on it but mm-hmm. um so i can't really share too much but you know it's all very exciting and and you know when you mentioned it being difficult being an artist you know there are times you think oh my gosh um, maybe I just shouldn't be doing this anymore. And then, so you put it aside for a day and then the next day you wake up and you feel inspired to create. So it is actually something that, um, you, you, you never regret. I mean, it's just, it is who you are. Um, yeah. and, and that's how I feel about, about what I'm doing. 
yeah. you know, compelled and determined. Yeah. And and there, but there have been some nice points of recognition along the way for you. You've been finalist in a few prestigious art prizes, both locally and internationally, which is important for recognition and acknowledgement of the work that you do and the prowess you have with the medium that you you work with. Yeah, no, I think it's 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 always always an honor to be selected in an art prize because you're one of you know forty and fifty people who, who you know they've chosen your work over many others. So I feel really um, pleased to have been in quite a few art prizes with this body of work. Um, mm-hmm. I'm current currently in the uh, the uh, National Still Life Art Prize, which is up mm-hmm. in Coffs Har- Harbor. Of course, yes. that's been closed to uh, the public right now, unfortunately. Currently, there's the Sunshine Coast Art Prize that I'm in and the Northern yes. Beaches Art Prize um, as well. And, you know, this this body of work was actually won the um, National Trust Heritage Award for exhibitions this year. So that was a great honor. And well, yeah, congratulations. Yeah. You know what? I For me, it just was uh, wonderful that the, um, that the National Trust recognized the natural heritage as something worth rewarding. You know, yes. it's, it's that that's why I was so pleased about that. Um, yeah, so it's, it's gaining um, momentum um, with people who are interested, and, and yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled. Yeah. Well, I think increasingly we are all interested. I think you know things like the bushfires of um, a couple of years ago, summer 2020, were um, horrifying, and I think the reality of climate change and the loss of biodiversity has been brought forward you know, as something that is now part of all of our lives and affects all of us yes. as opposed to something that is on the periphery. Yeah, I mean, every Australian now has a lived experience of, of you know, the climate change crisis, um, which affects everything. So, yeah, I, I agree. People are becoming much, much more aware, um, and that's yeah. a wonderful thing. Yeah. So if things are in a bit of a hiatus for you, which I imagine is due to COVID restrictions and the COVID lockdown that Sydney's in at the moment, how are you spending your time? How are you remaining inspired and engaged? And what are you doing to, to I guess, keep yourself going, really? Oh, gosh. Well, my husband would say I have projects in every single room of the house because I kind right. of do. Yeah. I, I, I threw myself into sort of alternative photography um, to really study a bit more about it, doing, you know, sun printing and cyan types and that sort of thing. Oh, uh, yes, yes. Um, which I'm absolutely loving. So I'm, I'm, I'm collecting things from every, every bushwalk I go on and coming home and, and trying to work out how I'm going to uh, make this into a cyanotype artwork or, yeah. So do you want to just explain a little bit about that? Because that is fascinating. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's, it's an old uh, form of photography that is actually cameraless. So you're using yes. the sun to expose your prints. So it does involve chemicals, but they're relatively eco-friendly. Um, you know, that you put onto paper and then you let it sit and then you place your, I mean, I'm doing, I'm, I'm creating wet cyanotypes. So sort of exploring a little bit, which is very different to the other, you know, the, the composite photography that I do, which like I was mentioning before, that's all so precise and, and detailed. Whereas this, there's a lot left to nature and that you have no control over, which is wonderful. Um, and so exciting. Like every single day, I, I cannot wait until I can, you know, wash off my my chemicals and see what I what's been created. So, so you have paper, you have your eco friendly <laughs> chemicals, you've got the bits and pieces that you've collected from a bush wall. You, the paper is wet, the chemicals are applied, the 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 
the um, articles which you want to create the images from sit on top of the paper, I imagine. And then what? Is it left in the sun it's, or is it's it left, left in a dark room? Or? No, I, I, yes, I left it in the sun. And up until yesterday, we've had so much beautiful sun lately, haven't we? Yeah. Yeah. And and how long do you leave things in the sun for? What's, what, oh. you know, is it days? Is it half an hour? You know what? For me, I'm just so impatient. Like I'm so, so excited to have a look. But really between, um, between three and eight hours, depending on um, how wet my little creation is and how how much sun we have that sort of thing so it's it's you know and it's it's one of those things where you really are able to create beautiful artworks um in this way but it's not but it's yeah are they silhouettes that you're that you're gathering as images impregnated into the paper Mm -hmm. they are silhouettes when you play around with with a few other things like you know bubbles and vinegar and that sort of thing. And I'm not alone. There's a lot of people who are exploring this during, mm. during lockdown. Um, mm. it, you can get more than just a silhouette. You can, you can capture the bubbles as well and that sort of thing mm. with, the, with the sun on them. So, it's, so they are quite beautiful. I would show you one if we weren't just on a podcast. <laughs> but, so that, that is lovely too because it's still, you are still inspired by nature. You are still inspired by the world around you and using you know, relatively natural processes in yeah. order to capture an image. Oh, absolutely. I'm, I'm, you know, Fiona, I'm, I'm never out of inspiration. I am mm. always inspired by, by nature. Lockdown has made it hard to, to work on the specific projects that I had planned. Um, but there's, there's always room for other things. And, and I thought, well, if I just really focus mainly on photography, even if it's, you know, not the tradition, the photography that I've normally done, um, mm. I'm always, I'm always learning. So this is a good time to do that. Something I wouldn't otherwise have done. Fantastic. So, yeah. Fantastic. So right. a case of watch this space. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, well, look, thank you so much for talking with me today. I've really enjoyed learning a bit more about your most recent series and I hope that they have an opportunity to travel, you know, widely across Australia. It sounds, you know, they do have relevance in every pocket of this country. So congratulations and I look forward to seeing more of your work. Thanks so much. Thanks so much, Fiona. Lovely to chat. Such commitment to creating her artwork. Fascinating stuff. You can find the links for Pamela Pauline and her ongoing photographic series on our show notes. And for information on other episodes, go to our Instagram page, Fine Art Fiona. Conversations on the Fine Art Fiona podcast are created by Fiona McIntosh and produced by Simon Grant. Thanks so much for listening. <laughs>